Hey Rippers, are you learning how to surf? But are you a kook or not? That's the question. There's many things you can do to receive that label. So stay tuned in, because Coach Evan and I are going to be talking about surfing fears. If you've ever kooked it, or just like to laugh when other people do, stick around. This podcast is just for you. If you don't know by now, us surfers love to spot a kook. But don't stress it, because we all kook it at some point. So hang on to your swimmies and get ready to learn. The KookCast is here to lead you on your journey out of kookdom one episode at a time. And hopefully offer you some traction on this slippery slope between kookery and killing it. I'm your host, Coach Chris. And I'm Coach Ev. And we started the surf coaching and education program, the Surf Continuum. And today we're going to be talking about surfing fears, which comes uh, to us by inspiration of a listener named Kate. Shout out to Kate. Woo! Yeah, Kate, thanks for writing in. Uh, so yeah, we came up, uh, we, we, you know, we obviously included the one fear that Kate picked out for us to address, and uh, we also picked out four others of our own that we feel is kind of common in uh, uh, especially beginner surfers. So uh, let's, let's kick it off, and we'll start with number one, getting caught inside. Um, classic. <laughs> it happens. It happens every session, most every session. Yeah, inevitable. You're going to get caught inside if you paddle out. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about some solutions for dealing with uh, being caught inside. And uh, yeah, I think I'll start with just the basics. You know, you want to have your, uh, if you're a shortboarder, um, which is not many beginners, but there are, there are people struggling along trying to learn how to shortboard and good on them. Uh, they want to have a massive duck dive, especially for those bigger waves so they can uh, burrow themselves under the turbulence and, and do their best to escape it. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the keys to a good duck dive is keeping your, your board, like getting it down and deep under the water, but then sort of pointing it up so that the flotation, you know, once you reach the, like the sort of the opposite of the apex, the very, the deepest point that you reach, you know, when you're duck diving, pointing your board up, the flotation kind of carries you through the turbulence a little bit, uh, as opposed to if you get all like, you know, discombobulated underwater and off your board sideways and then you're really in trouble um, but if you can kind of stay above your board and, and let it pull you back to the surface that helps uh, and then Use for the every- to your advantage for sure right Go ahead. yeah and then for everybody else well I was just gonna say uh, what, what I think most people are gonna be dealing with is is longer boards uh, most beginners at least uh, mid lengths and longer boards and uh, and having a good turtle turtle roll where you know I think the keys to that is just a little bit of speed um, being able to turtle the board just before impact of the wave not necessarily too early so that you start floating up and giving space for the wave to get under your board and, and rip it away from you uh, and also your your direction you pointing square or perpendicular however you want to think of it into the white the line of white water that's approaching you Right, uh, and that little that little critical angle of, like you're underneath the board and you're kind of like angling the nose of the board down, down towards the bottom of the ocean a little bit. Right, you know, not at all like giving it the opportunity for again for it to, to catch and and rip the board out of your hands. Yeah, right. And I see that a lot. A lot of people don't like turtling because they feel that it doesn't work. And usually those are the same people who are turtling too early. And both you and your surfboard float. So if you roll over too early and just lay there. <laughs> sitting duck, but upside down. Just. Yeah, it's a turtle roll, not the sitting duck. <laughs> but yeah, if you, if you turtle your board too early 
and just lay underwater, you're going to start to float and hanging onto your board, you know, you're going to both come up off of the surface of the water a little bit. And that just creates space for the, the turbulence and the white water to get between your board and you. And that's when your board gets ripped away. So I like to almost say you kind of want a corkscrew through the, through the, the turbulence, like do yeah. the turtle just as it's about the white water is about to hit you and rotate around and through the turbulence continue to rotate like literally corks through through the turbulence yeah it's ideally you do like one twist and then you're coming up and you're pulling you're pulling yourself on top of the board and right back into paddling yeah and then lastly for this topic i think uh you know like we said in the beginning this is inevitable if you're paddling out you're gonna get caught inside so having the right attitude, having the right mentality when you're in that situation is key. Uh, basically staying calm. Um, you know, and, and what I used to tell myself when I was a kid and I was always afraid of getting caught inside was like, well, shit, here I am. I put myself in this situation. I'm before this wave. I'm about five seconds away from getting smoked. I have two choices, panic or stay calm, <laughs> you know? And, and given that either one of those choices still results in me getting smoked, you may as well choose to stay calm and maybe you'll get a few extra seconds of breath hold out of it. <laughs> right, right. And it's only good. It's not going to last that long. That's, that's right. another thing. Like it just really doesn't last that long. Oh, we build it up so much in our head. Yeah. Like what you get rolled around for, I don't know, like five or five seconds Maximum. underwater. That would be like a decent little hold down, I guess. I mean, there's, Obviously, once you get into big waves and stuff, and that's kind of where I draw my inspiration. If I'm really caught on the inside and I feel like it's that, that feeling like, oh, I'm in the wrong spot. I'm in the worst spot that I can possibly be in. And it, right away, again, your mind is like tricking you into like that fear-based operation, but really got to break it right. As soon as you feel that, that's when you're like, no, come on. There's there's re true big wave surfers who've been caught inside at Mavericks and took in like a, a 40 foot wave square on the head, sucked over the falls, pinned down, went through, had to stay down through a whole nother set wave and then come up and they survive. So I'm gonna I'm gonna be fine, I'm gonna be fine and I'm actually gonna you know try to laugh at myself. It's easier to do when you're like caught inside with with a, a good friend or someone like that <laughs> and you just look over you can see the look on their face and you just ha it's easier to bust up laughing and like we're we're both fucked <laughs> <laughs> yeah how's that when when you're uh when you're caught on the inside by like 10 feet and your buddy's just scratching over the top oh man that's when you oh. hate your friend the most <laughs> There's a quick little story about Brother Chase. He's in that same position with, with Nevada. He's on the inside just getting ready to get smoked. Oh, it's the other way around. Brother Chase, Big Surf Squatch, is on the inside just getting ready to take it right on the head. And Nevada's all in the lip, like, looking over, and he looks over at him, and he just goes, I love you. <laughs> and, then, and then Brother Chase said he was like, that he totally got him through that except for that he was laughing and so it was harder to hold his breath but it was not <laughs> nearly as bad because because uh you know you gotta have, find a little humor in it i think that's a that's a good strategy for dealing with sets on the head <laughs> yeah uh, so for a little humor i mean listen to this so the first time that i ever had to deal with a truly big set on the head uh was right there in mexico uh, right in front of your house and um so 
you know, I thought that I had dealt with big waves before up until that point. Um, but really it was just me being, you know, a little bitch and afraid of waves over six feet. <laughs> <laughs> so I truly find myself in a situation to be afraid of when I, I'm paddling out and I see a set kind of looming on the horizon over there uh, and in Mexico. And uh, I, all of a sudden, I've never had this thought occur to me ever before, but except for the fact that the wave is so big and taking so long to build and grow that I actually consider turning around and hightailing it to the beach, you know, <laughs> and just getting the hell out of Dodge. And uh, I actually thought that maybe if I turn around and paddle really hard, I'll get out of the impact zone. Uh, needless to say, I paddled myself squarely into the impact zone, and if I had just charged and kept going, I actually probably would have snuck under the thing. Um, but that was a lesson I'll never forget. So um, moral of the story there is, uh, you know, charge it, paddle out. It's usually not going to be as bad as you think. And if you're right or, if, you know, if, if you're correct in your decision to just charge and get out and you make it through the wave nice and smoothly, uh, you're going to be in a lot better position to deal with the second and third waves. Whereas if you turn around and, and paddle towards the beach for whatever reason that I thought was a good idea at the time, <laughs> now wave number two and wave number three are going to be on your head too. For sure. Um, so, yeah. Um, quick, I mean, it might not even be that quick of a story, but since we're talking about getting beat down at La Miss and it was your first true, you know, beat down and, like, that, that fear that, that you get into, like, you'll, you'll never forget it, you know, how scared you were at that that oh point. But we were young. I want to say I was, like, I was 10 or something like that, and, and it was my brother and our and our best friend Josh, and... We were, you know, we were serving the inside and we were paddling out like halfway and taking off on big white waters that reformed into actual waves. But we weren't confident in, in making, you know, paddling out to the outside. We just like, we just wouldn't do it because it, we'd all kind of been in that position where maybe we were in the middle and then it went flat and we tried and we got, we got worked and it was like, okay, we're not going to do that for like another year. We're not even going to try it. <laughs> um, but then this day we're like, we're getting fired up. It's just a bluebird day. It's glassy. And then our neighbor to the south, he was like this young dude. He was uh, he was getting ready to paddle out, and and we went over there and kind of talked to him a little bit about it. And he's like, oh yeah, I'm a lifeguard. You know, the waves are great today. What what are you guys doing? Aren't you paddling out? We're like, oh no, yeah, we we might. You know, <laughs> he's like, come on, come with me. Like. I'll paddle out with you guys. It's it's all good. It's like shoulder high out there. It's not even a big deal. We're like, all right, we're on it. We jam, we get all of our stuff, hit the water, we kind of stay stay with them for the inside. And, and then we get right to the middle zone where it kind of, it either is, is macking or, or it flattens out and kind of gives you a little, a little bit of time to get to the outside. And the guy is just gone. He just... <laughs> He either caught one of those riptides that we were talking about, or he was that. Of course, he was a much better paddler. And then all of a sudden, we're all alone. And then so right away, we're all like on edge. We start paddling even harder, okay? And then sure enough, just big blue, you know, four wave set just stacked out the back. And I'm the weakest link. I'm I'm the first. We're all paddling like right next to each other. I'm the weakest link. First one, I like weakly just get underneath the lip and barely punch through good night suck 
right over the fall, slam down, feel the bottom of the ocean floor. I'm like, oh no, I'm too deep. And push off, come up, get beat to the inside, just in time to come up and see it happen to Big Brother, which stoked me out actually, because it wasn't just me. So Big Brother, I see him punch through with more, you know, with more gusto, but it wasn't enough. He got sucked <laughs> over. Slam so violently, and I'm kind of chuckling, but also super nervous that he's gonna be okay. <laughs> he gets the treatment. I go under that wave. We both come up together. We're we're probably crying. Let's be honest. We're <laughs> such a mess, right? So then we look outside, and then Joshua's just like he's way he's way stronger paddler than both of us, obviously, and he's just paddling up the face of the <laughs> the third bomb, and he's just paddling up the face, and then he just kind of like he stopped and held onto his rails, and then he just became part of the lip, and he just did like a full backflip. Oh my god! Up and around, and became part of the lip, and then we didn't see him again for a while. But he swore that when it when it lip launched him and he became part of the lip, with the guillotine he went straight down to the ocean floor holding onto the board and he said that the nose just dug straight down into the sand and then he got absolutely worked. Holy and, shit. And then we were all three on the inside just so worked over, emotionally so drained. And we just paddle back in. We're like limping back to the deck. You know, there's really no one around. No one even thinks it's a big deal. You know, our, our fam didn't even think it was a big deal. You know, we thought we just skirted death. And we were really pissed at that dude for, for bailing on us. He, he comes in, you know, we're still, we're, we still haven't recovered. Like looking at him, just like, what is what was that? You left us totally in the dust, and we got the beating of a lifetime. <laughs> so uh, know know your day to paddle out too, and you know don't just take another surfer's word for it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I'll never forget that one. That was that was a fun one to oh, start it out. Good story. Uh, all right, so uh, moving on to this next point, and this is the inspiration for this episode. This is what Kate wants to hear. Um, getting, you know, basically the fear of getting pitched, nose diving, and, and blowing the wave, um, which is, is basically a fear that comes from awareness that you can get pitched. Because uh, when you charge out there on your own in your first days, you're like fearless. You know, you see everybody just skirting into waves, and you're like, oh, look at this. All they're doing is paddling catching the wave and standing up. Okay, I got this. And then as you do it, you realize it's much more nuanced than that, um, that there's all these other little things that you didn't see on the surface that these surfers are doing to enable them to ride these waves without getting uh, pitched. And, uh, and suddenly you start to develop this fear of going for waves because you don't want to, you know, get tossed. You don't want to get worked. And, uh, and, and that's actually, it's kind of a downward spiral because you really need to catch waves with commitment and, and no hesitation. Absolutely. So, okay, so solutions. How do we avoid, uh, how do we manage the fear of catching waves and, and, and not getting pitched? Well, this is, this is definitely something that we talk with our clients a lot about, and I, I feel like I have a different insight on it just because I'm a, I'm a surfboard builder, and I always have, that's how I started learning about how, like, boards work and why they feel the way they do and why are some t some are easy to ride some are really difficult to ride um, and it's really just about 
envisioning your surfboard in the wave face and how how it when it fits right it feels good and you're flying down the line and and you're able to do turns and all all the things but when it's wrong like you can just all you have to do is think of a nine foot long board in a two foot little pitching wave and it's very easy to see that if it's going straight to the beach that it's never going to make that radius right right and that's that's the key thing that i always try the picture i try to paint for the students is that you know, when we're learning how to surf and these waves, even when they're big waves for beginners, quote unquote, um, the waves are still not as big as their board is. So if you're you're going straight down towards the beach, towards the trough of a wave, your rigid nine foot board or eight foot board even uh, doesn't fit on this this contoured, organic, changing liquid medium of a wave. Um, and so there's little things you need to do to make it fit. And, uh, and so one of those things that you should be doing uh, when you're catching a wave is starting to angle your takeoff as the wave begins to lift you. So that rather than, uh, you know, so of course you begin paddling for a wave with it squarely behind you in most cases, um, you know, and, and, and you should be looking back at the wave to judge its distance from you and also paying attention to the feeling of the wave as it lifts you. But those two things are your cues to start turning your board as you paddle into the wave down the line. So that and the wave... Looking, yeah, and looking, looking down the line. Right, and looking down the line, of course. Um, so, that, um, so that the wave ultimately is lifting you when it's in its most critical point and you're catching it, at, uh, that it's ultimately lifting you from the rail and not from the tail. Uh, when the wave lifts you from the tail, that means your nose is going down towards the trough and that's danger city. That's where you're gonna nosedive. But if you start turning your board as the wave is lifting you and in time with it, uh, you're gonna be lifted by the rail and then you can keep kind of pushing on your rail, which is what we call setting your rail, so that you continue down the line. Um, yeah, right. Kind of set it, set it, kind of like a boogie board. Like if if you take out the stand up, if you watch a boogie board, he gets into the wave and then he just he angles his board and sets his rail and sticks it into the wave face, and that's what allows him to to control like how high or low he is on the wave and also propel him down the line. Right, right. And that's ultimately what you're trying to do anyway. You know, you don't want to catch waves and go straight to the beach because uh, a wave as it moves towards the beach, its power is diminishing. But if you ride a wave down the line, its power for a bit longer stays the same amount. Uh, or, or, you know, it can even grow, you know? I mean, not to get into all the dynamics of waves, but point being, you, you never want to ride a wave straight to the beach for many reasons. One of them being, you'll get pitched in most cases and, uh, right. and eat it. Absolutely. Um... That's the that's the getting pitch, and you you talked about just being like get your get your your basic fundamentals together together. Excuse me, and um, have have that confidence. Like I, I I can see a wave that's right for me. I know how to do a good sitting turn. I know how to just start paddling strong and keeping my eye on the wave. Like I know the basics, and those basics lead you into just paddling strong with speed into the wave with a, a good angle on the board um, on the wave and w way less like really no nose dives you know you can really figure out like when it's becoming a sketchy situation and then you have the skills basically angling even more and, and getting the board to side slip down the face um, 
instead of instead of getting hung up, not paddling well, not you know just being behind the mark in all those ways that lends you to getting sucked up in the lip and floundering right at that most critical time and getting pitched off your board and losing contact with mm. it. Mm -hmm. And then uh, and so one last thing before we move on is just uh, one way to to gain this confidence. Because, you know, we always are talking to our students that, you know, one of the things, one of the ingredients you need for a successful takeoff is full commitment. Uh, and, of course, it's a catch-22 because you lose that, that commit, um, not commitment, but the confidence to go fully committed the more and more you nosedive. So one thing that you should be doing in your beginning stages is practicing in really tiny waves so that you, you don't fear the nosedive anymore because it still will happen but in small waves there's less consequence so rather than getting right. pitched maybe you'll just kind of veer off the wave you know and, and okay fine you did it wrong then so try it again try it again and then as you discover how to make a good takeoff then you'll carry that skill with you to bigger waves and realize that by fully committing and using these skills of angling down the line and setting your rail and, and so on and so forth um, you know, it builds your confidence in, in going for bigger waves. So don't be trying to practice your takeoff on big, big waves. And, and when I say big, I mean like bigger than two feet. Right. Eliminate that, that factor, that fear factor, and just get out there. Even when it seems like it's borderline, like, can I even surf those waves? It's so small. That's a great time to really practice, like, the basics of getting into, like, the angle in which you paddle into waves, because if it's not, if it's not quite right, you probably won't catch it. Totally, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's and. so true. And then, and then, so with that whole angle thing, in the beginning, start by over-angling. Do it too much. Do something that's obviously too much, and to the point where you are not catching the wave because you're turning over the top of it. And then you'll start to learn how to split the difference and figure out what's the right amount of angle so that you don't turn over the top of the wave, but so that you don't also go straight down the face or even angle down the face toward, still towards the bottom. Uh, and, uh, and you'll dial it in little by little. But again, practice on those little waves with low consequence. So even in the worst case situation, even if you do it completely wrong, it's really not that bad. Right. It's a good way. Good way to get around it. Learn. I mean, get through it, not get around it. There's nothing that you can really get around with with surfing. If it's gonna get, it's gonna catch you. Mother Ocean's always gonna expose your your weaknesses. Oh, so, so true. Do, do your best to have a solid solid armor. All right, um, moving on. This is this is funny one. So this made the list just because it's it's definitely uh, a fear in a lot of people, but it's something we can do little about. But let's talk about it anyway. And that fear is sharks. Um, you know, so those first two points we just talked about are completely on you. You can eliminate those fears, or not eliminate them, I, I should say, but, but mitigate them, make them less and less as you get more and more skilled and you build the confidence in your skills. Uh, sharks, right. on the other hand, <laughs> it's out of your control. For the most part, it really is. And, uh, I mean, I just, I just really think that the numbers are on our side and you got to go... You gotta go with that. You know, there's there's surfers all over the world that are surfing places that are pretty heavily populated with big sharks, and um, you know, very few incidences per surfer per day, uh, and and that's kind of what what I like to think of, and just trying to be in in good standing with the with the ocean. You know, have good have good karma and have have positive thinking when you're out there do do your part you know to 
to be there. I mean, to be on that side of it. Totally, yeah. Meaning, I think I think that's that's all it really comes down to is uh, well, just recognize that the numbers are on your side, you know. And every time you hear about a shark attack, it's because it's rare and because it's a big deal. Uh, and then, yeah, and like you said, be in good standing with the earth, you know, and, and the universe, and 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 hope that karma on your side and numbers on your side is uh, is enough. Right, <laughs> not much you can do. Yeah. Um, appreciate them. They're they're beautiful animals, you know. They shouldn't they shouldn't you know be fished just just because surfers are scared of them, you know. That's that's not that doesn't make any sense. Right, to me. right. Yeah, we don't we don't like to think about any of these things or 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 conduct ourselves in in fear. You know, live your life in in confidence because there's if you think about it, there's plenty of things to be afraid of, but you just can't live your life that way. So, uh, you know, do do the right thing in in life and and press on. Right, you're not gonna not go outside because you're scared of getting struck by lightning. You know, you're not gonna not get in the water because you're scared to get bit by a shark right right exactly what i'm trying to say perfect um all right moving on this this next one is uh this is a good one uh so localism you know uh i guess like what is localism really um kind of a territorial attitude that that some people have about their spot or what you know yeah it's it's a thing it's a thing all around the world you know um and it just it's kind of it's it's kind of okay it's kind of a thing that just happens because these people put the most amount of time in that spot and that's that's how you start to feel like you quote unquote own it you know or something like that um and i think it just goes back to a lot of i mean as as far as ways to to mitigate the situation it kind of goes back at, at the foundational level we talked about it like with with Maddie Leo and traveling around the world and surfing, uh, and you can take it to your local break, just like taking your time and not rushing into things and putting yourself at that disadvantage because you're, you're putting yourself in this, giving yourself this opportunity to just kook it like super, super thoroughly, you know, paddle it up paddle out in the wrong place get dry docked on the reef or you're out there and and you're re- you know you're really not solid with with taking off and making sure you're looking deeper and you're not going to drop in on anybody and you end up dropping in on the mm-hmm. freaking local of of the spot right um and then and then you get yelled at and then forever it's just solidified in your in your mind is like oh i, got, I i'm i gotta worry about this right. which there's ways to to feel pretty confident when you pull up to a new spot and, and there's a different crew in the water. Right, yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I can summarize pretty quickly what you just said. Um, for the most part, kooks are a victim of localism a lot more than competent, responsible surfers are. Right. So, you know... That is. So if you're, if you're uh, you know, you're strolling up to a new spot, you, you know, um, a new place to surf, this is when you should really be calm, patient, take your time look at the lineup look at where people sit is there like a focused peak where can you stay out of the way how do you you know don't get yourself in over your head because these are all the kinds of things that like trigger localism in people because locals will be really nice to good surfers locals will be really nice to respectful people for the most part i mean i'm not saying there's not a rotten apple in every bunch 
Um, but for the most part, if you if you paddle out with a lot of respect and good vibes and smiles and hellos and introduce yourself and staying out of the way and not dropping in on people and not claiming you didn't see someone and this and that, um, you're not going to really run into this problem. Yeah, especially nowadays because there's so many surfers in the water. It's just it's kind of at your advantage that localism it's it's harder to keep it up these days you know because there's so many surfers in the water right yeah it's hard to keep track of who's local and who's not anymore in these popular spots uh, so all you got to do is conduct yourself well you know and and because the thing is you you can be at your home break and still be a victim of localism <laughs> definitely definitely you know and it comes just back to uh to doing the right thing in the water and, and just being a competent surfer um all right, uh, so last point that we have on our list of surfing fears, and, uh, and this one is uh, something that reminds me of childhood, uh, growing up and learning how to surf, but that is when it's too big and you are out there, <laughs> somehow, somehow the, the ocean went flat and you just skirt right on out there when it was too big for you, or um, I don't know, how else do you get yourself out into the lineup when it was actually too big for you? Right, usually Mother Ocean deals with that, and and you just don't you just don't make it out. But just right. like you're saying, those those times where the ocean just mystically goes flat and and it lets you out, and that's that's a sh that should set something off in your head. You're like, no, don't do it. Don't go out there. <laughs> um, take your time. Um, yeah, well, well, I mean, so that's a that's a tough one. I mean, think about it. You're out there, and it's too big for you. What do you do? Uh, geez, I mean, the best way in is to catch a wave, but I mean, that's part of the problem is that it's too big for you. Um, right. yeah, I mean, I guess I, I, I don't know if I even really recommend this, but paddling in, you know, you really don't want to turn your back to the ocean and, and paddle in. Um, maybe you can paddle to the inside and get a little one or just paddle past the impact zone and ride whitewater in. Um, right. If, well, if it's like a point situation, right, that you can just kind of stay in the channel and work your way in but then you still have to ride some sort of breaking wave in. yeah you still have to cross sometimes some sort the, of impact zone yeah sometimes the inside is just as you know even more treacherous than the outside you know it's breaking on shallow water or something like that um, yeah well so i guess the real the real solution here is as try your best not to be out there when it's too big for you <laughs> you know and, and it comes back to what we always teach is um you know, checking out the lineup. We never would advise you to just stroll up, grab your board, and paddle out. You got to look at the water. You got to look at what you're dealing with, not just the ocean, the people, the crowds, the sets, the, the, the currents, the rips, like what's going on, which way are people paddling. I mean, all of this stuff. And then hopefully as you are looking and observing, you'll catch a set. You'll see a set. In fact, you really shouldn't be paddling out until you've watched at least one or two, three sets. Uh, and then try to your best to be a good judge of it and, and always add a little bit to what you see because everyone always thinks like, oh, I can surf that until they get out there. And, and this is how people get themselves into this situation. Uh, it's know. always bigger than it looks from the beach. Always bigger know. than it looks from the beach. Uh, so, uh, yeah, don't, you know, you got to be wise. This is this is a tough one. Um, but this is the kind of this is the kind of surfing fear that you uh, you resolve by not putting yourself into that situation. Um, right, like my story earlier, you know, don't just don't just take somebody's word for it when they say, "Oh, it's perfect for you out there. It's only shoulder high." <laughs> yeah. 
you know, and you're looking at it and you're not feeling you're not feeling good with it, then don't just throw your wetsuit on and put yourself in the in the ring. Yeah. Um, and luckily, t- take your time. Luckily, for the most part, like you said, um, you know, the ocean takes care of it. You know, you're paddling out and if you shouldn't be out there, you're going to get cleaned up. You're not going to make it out. But, you know, it does happen. Maybe the swell's building or maybe there's a good lull between sets and it gives you just enough time to sneak yourself out there. Um, yeah, that, that is shitty because that one really I, there isn't much of a solution for once you're in that situation except getting pounded to the beach. Right. I've definitely been in that situation growing up multiple times and just really fearing, like seeing, making it out and then scratching to get through sets and getting cleaned up and just watching the waves and just thinking, I don't want any part of that. Mm. I don't want any part of that. And I haven't seen one wave that I wanted any (laughs) part of. So I'm fucked. Like, what am I going to do? You know, I'm going to I'm going to try to like see a set, see a set come in. And then on the last one, like what, get over the last one, and then and then start scratching to the beach, and hopefully there's not an, another set that's marching in that's gonna put me right in the impact zone, and I'm gonna be wearing it on the head, but with you know with my back turned towards it. Uh, uh, yeah, they kind of it kind of reminds me of uh, one session we had at Baja Malibu quite a few years ago now, but um, we were out there and it was uh, it was it was too big for me. I was picking off the littlest waves I could find. So I guess I was safe. It wasn't truly, truly this scenario in the sense that I wouldn't take any of the waves, but I was certainly avoiding the big ones and hunting for the little ones. And I just remember thinking like, man, I got to take one of these little ones and ride it all the way in because I need out right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm done. I'm I'm ready to throw it in. Take me out, coach. I'm out. I'm out. (laughs) Pull me. You want to take you want to take third? No, no, thanks. I'm good. Like (laughs) I'm going to just keep the bench warm. Watch the boys. Oh shit! Uh, so, all right. So that's our uh, that's our list of surfing fears and and uh, how to deal with some of them. <laughs> you know, I mean, life is scary. Surfing can be scary, uh, and and the best things you can do is is well, number one, have the skills to deal with the situations you put yourself in. Have the attitude to to deal with those situations when you're just inevitably there and there's no way to deal with it. You just got to stay calm and. And then also have the foresight to deal with these fears, to see things that may turn out to be hairy situations, maybe too hairy for you, and uh, and don't put yourself in that situation in the first place. Um, I, right. I, or have strategies to get to work around it right. or through it. Yeah, call properly. the helicopter. <laughs> get you plucked out <laughs> you of there. You guys just drop me off real quick. <laughs> just quick ride. Just, just, uh, out. just hover around and, and come pick me up if I look like I'm in trouble. <laughs> I wonder how many times that's happened to like guys on on jet skis. You know, they they, they Ooh, get yeah. out there and they they get whipped into a wave, and it's like way more than they ever wanted. I've I've read. Do you ever read that book, uh, The Big Drop? It's like a, a compilation of big wave stories. Oh, I think I have started a few of those. Yeah, and uh, one of them, I uh, was it Alec Cook. I I don't remember who it was, but he had to get plucked out of the lineup at it was either Waimea or Pipeline maxing and and he had to and there's a picture of him grabbing onto the basket getting pulled out of the water it's so hairy it's the scariest picture i've ever seen because i can just i think I've imagine seen it. it god damn it just gives me chills right now 
Hey, yeah, you know, it's just, it's, I, I, I definitely like what you said about just, it's, it's such a mental game. Surfing is such a mental game, and if you prepare yourself and, and you have the skills, uh, it's, it's, all these fears can be, can be mitigated and can be worked through, and it's just all about time in the water. Like, you got, you got to put yourself in that situation to feel comfortable, um, and, and that's the only way to do it. Put time in the water. Time in. That's the, that's the, that's the biggest solution, I guess, is put your time in. Um, hey, guys, so if you're, uh, if you're not subscribed to the KookCast, you're kooking it. Uh, get on iTunes and, and subscribe, rate, review, leave stars, whatever, all those fun little games you can do. Uh, I know you got a couple extra minutes for that, so come on, hook it up. And, uh, you know, write into us, info at thesurfcontinuum.com. We love to uh, talk about what you guys want to hear, you know, and while we got plenty to say, it's always nice to address things that we know are specifically being listened to. Um, so please, yeah, keep it coming. We love that. And, uh, yeah, that's all we got for you today. So we'll uh, catch you next week. Fun cast, Coach. You. Check in soon. Yeah, I'll catch you soon, Coach. <laughs>